0: This is your Week in Gaming, episode 20, recorded for the 1st of September, 2023, to bring you the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk boosted XP, Chinese mythology, web sling, and pigeons faster than fiber. Hello everyone and welcome back to your week in gaming. This is episode 20. We've hit the second decade and a very happy spring day to everybody, at least in the uh, the summer hemisphere. Uh, it means that gamers maybe will go out to touch some grass and then go right back to their PCs. At least that's yeah, what gotta I'm going We've got to wait for the to grass
1: do. to grow first, you know. <laughs> we're not there just yet. They've been fair. burning the felts and slowly we're seeing the shoots come up. So once the grass is grown, I might go touch some. But until then, nah.
0: Fair, fair. I'm joined as ever by Samantha.
1: Hello.
0: And, uh, yeah, spring day, my wife has already been talking about, oh, it's spring day. There needs to be some spring cleaning and things. Ha! I've, I've suggested, I, I think that that is right in the, the forefront of her mind because I kind of hinted at it like, oh, it's spring, you know, maybe we should do some cleaning. And now this is what I'm probably going to have to do instead of you, you brought playing yourself. I know I need to pick my battles and pick my words clearly because uh, there's there's a lot of new games coming out and uh, maybe, maybe it's a good thing for me to get all of that out the way so that I can enjoy all the new games that are coming out. There's been a lot from Gamescom. There's just been a whole bunch of news. The last few weeks have really been packed.
1: I will say the great thing about having just moved into a new place is that there is really no point in spring cleaning because I've just finished unpacking. So not not much to spring clean, bro. I will say that like the vast majority of games are coming out in October and sure. Like we've got Mm. Starfield coming out. You know, there are some games coming out in September, but the real big stuff is in October. So you've got about a month Mm. grace to get that spring cleaning done so that you can be ready (laughs) in time.
0: (laughs) Fair, fair. But, uh, Let's uh let's kick off some of the uh, this gaming news for uh, Spring Day, and Diablo Four will be boosting the gold and XP you earn starting today. Reports PC Gamer. During this time, you'll earn twenty five percent more XP and gold on both your Eternal and Seasonal uh, Realm characters. There's nothing for you to do either. You just need to log in and enjoy the buff that your character has now. Uh, this may offer people a chance to try other uh, classes or maybe a new build, thanks to the increased gold and XP, because respecking in Diablo can become very costly. The other thing is enchanting items can get very costly. I blew on trying to change an enchant, which I finally did get. I blew through about 74 million gold to change one stat on an item. So I'm very happy to hear this. I wonder if this is a way to entice new people to stick around with Season 2 that's looming, or have they realized how grindy the game is post-Level 75? Um, also, if you want to join in on the Diablo 4 fun, it is on sale at the moment, so the price won't hurt you as much.
1: And listen, 25% off that price is pretty damn good. pretty good. So get in there while you can. I will say that like, I don't think that this is necessarily a we, we realize this is grindy thing, because if that were the case... It, it wouldn't just be for the weekend. It uh, <laughs> it would probably be like a proper, you know, nerf. I don't know. I suppose it's just one of those things. It, it seems very early. Like often you'll see this in games where they're trying to entice players back or whatever. But I mm-hmm. think part of that is because season one was such a disaster. Mm. And because they fired the guy who made season one and have hired a new guy for season two. And season two is looking pretty cool. But a lot of people are just like, hmm. You know, you know, mm. fool me, fool me three times, Blizzard. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on me at this point.
0: So Only maybe three? this is
1: a, yeah, that, that was me being generous. Um, okay.
0: All right. I'm on the same page now.
1: <laughs> so clearly this is just a kind of like, hey guys, we messed up in season one. Season two is looking better. We've released some stuff. Uh, we're going to let you have extra XP so that you can try out new classes and stuff so that you're ready for season two and hopefully it'll bring back new players.
0: Oh yeah. And uh, in case you're wondering, wanting to know, the Ultimate Edition of Diablo 4 is currently 75 euros. So that is down from the normal 100 euros it costs. So 25%, the Digital Deluxe is 20% off, and the Standard Edition is 22% off. That's on EU pricing. I don't quite know about the dollar pricing, so if you're looking at getting it, now's, I suppose, the chance.
1: Tell you what, man that price, if I didn't already own the Ultimate Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a Diablo sim, bro. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, $75. What a steal. Am I right?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, if, you, if you'd already bought it for $100, you'd, you'd be feeling a little... Uh, <sighs> <sighs> oh, and the oh,
0: worst yeah, part definitely. was that
1: I never got to play the early access that I paid for because I was out of the country. <laughs>
0: You are a sucker.
1: I mean, I didn't know it was going to be out of the country at the time. I I pre-ordered that bad boy months in advance. Fair. Moving on. Mythology is a major selling point for more games than I care to count. But the vast majority that we have access to in the West center on four main mythologies. Greek, Roman, Egyptian, and Norse. But to be fair, those are really cool mythologies. Uh, I'm a huge lover of Chinese mythology, and the selection is embarrassingly sparse. There's like two or three games that are available in the West. That's like a really important thing to note. So I'm sure China is riddled with them, uh, but for us in the West, we don't really have them. Uh, if you like me have been praying for more games delving into Mythos from the East, look no further. When Winds Meet was revealed a year ago and was expanded upon a lot over this last weekend at Gamescom. Think of a sword-swinging martial arts odyssey through 10th century China, but with a massive open world combining elements from Zelda and the Witcher, all powered by an RPG system with an unfathomable array of stats, abilities, and skills. We've spoken about ambitious projects on this podcast previously, and Where Wins Meet definitely fits into this category. Let me explain. According to some reporters who got to play the demo on the floor at Gamescom, this game has character creation options that not only rivals the Sims, it damn right puts it to shame. Alright, you can you can edit your cheekbones and like your your nose and what 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 like you can change everything. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. Sorry, it
1: sounded like you were gonna interrupt me, I'm not done yet. Okay. Um where was I? <laughs> <laughs> the scope of the game is incredibly varied, uh, encompassing combat, puzzle solving, and even bounties for runaway geese. That is indeed one of the quests that you can go on. There are so many layers to the game. You can even learn skills, like telekinetically pulling items into your inventory. All of your abilities are linked to your stats, which you roll in character creation. But don't expect the standard strength, wisdom, charisma, intelligence, or constitution. You're looking at things like eloquence, sight, imagination, and erudition. (laughs) Did I mention there's an ability where you essentially scream damage numbers at enemies? You get like a megaphone and you just scream and watch the damage numbers scroll on your screen. There's so much more, and I I would wax lyrical if I had the time, but the bottom line is this game looks insane. There are moments of serious, but also goofy. Combat seems really fun and the story is seated in Chinese mythos. I am certainly going to be first in line for its release. The one criticism I do have, however, at what point do gamers become burnt out on massive open worlds that take hundreds of hours to complete? Diablo 4, Zelda, Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, just to name a few of the more recent releases. Who's got the time to play all of these games?
0: You know what? I, I think people shouldn't discredit nerds and how motivated they are to complete games. Even if the people don't play the game right now, they will play it. And when gamers find a game that they like and they love and they continue to play, they will just continue to play it. All right. So I don't, I don't think we, th- there's ever going to be enough games. I think we have actually gone through a stage where there's been so many poor games that And just not feature complete. I don't even know why we even have to have that as a term nowadays. Feature complete. What the... F- but anyway, it's it sounds really cool. It almost sounds a little bit like... And I enjoy the good old hack and slash. You know? <laughs> if you remember things like Devil May Cry. That was probably like the epitome of just run around, hack and slash. Those kind of things are so nice and fun. This seems to have got a whole bunch of pieces that are meeting together. Now, I foresee it going really one of two ways. I don't really think that there will be like a middle ground. I think either a lot of people will really like it and it will be a massive success or it's going to be the other way around, right? Or the inverse. I hope it's not that. I really don't. It sounds cool. Chinese mythos is, as you said, not something that we have a lot of. It sounds cool. The character creation, you're saying better than Sims. Have you tried Black Desert Online's character creation? Or even Monster Hunter World?
1: No, but still.
0: Those character creations are wild. Do <laughs> yourself a favor. If you, if you can, get a chance to try. The, that character creation is bonkers. You can adjust pretty much everything, right? Those, those are really cool. So uh, I like it. I like the Chinese mythos. Uh, I enjoy like the martial artsy. I know nothing about Chinese mythos at all. And this will be a great way to be like, I just know, like, you know, swords and things. It sounds cool. I'm down to give it a try. Do you know what, is Is it coming out on PC, PlayStation, Xbox? How, do you, do you have an idea? Because when I, noted, when I saw you note it, when I saw you note it, I decided I'm not going to look at it. I, I read Chinese mythos and I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait for Sam to to tell me these things. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm actually it, it, not entirely cool.
1: sure. I I hadn't actually seen anything that says what it's releasing on yet. So uh, either I've completely missed it and therefore I'm a clown or it might not have been released yet. I do get the feeling it's definitely going to be PC, uh, but as for console, I'm not sure because I was talking about how there's one other game that I do know of that has the, uh, the Chinese mythos in it. uh, And it's actually something that's on Xbox pass. Funnily enough, it's like a sword and fairy. I think it's called. Something yeah, like that. But it's the only one that I know of. Curr- the Legend of Sword and Fairy. Uh, and it is okay. on PC in the West. But I don't think that it's on. It might be on mobile. But I don't think that it's on like console. So very likely this could follow a similar path. But as a PC player. I'm you know. Eh,
0: eh. Pretty much right. Eh, indeed. So it, it does look really cool. Definitely going to be a game that I would like to follow. And if this sounds like your type of game uh stick around as we hear more news we'll keep this as one of the uh, the games to look out for uh the where wins meet
1: just quickly uh it has been confirmed for pc so far and it's the only but there is speculation that it could be on console as well but um new gen not
0: fair so pretty much expected but uh maybe some of our older console uh, peeps may not be too happy about that we speak a lot about Game Pass here on Your Week in Gaming, right? And and it's for good reason, right? Now, if you're one of those who have still not picked it up, the nice deal that you that uh, that you would have been have access to, which was a dollar for like a month, you're not going to have access to that anymore. Um, especially with Starfield leading uh, coming up soon, so Microsoft has decided to drop their one dollar promo for the first, for first time subscribers leading up to Starfield's launch which is going to be on day one Game Pass. Some were clearly wanting to take advantage of this, uh, but I I get the reason why, right? The game is $70. I mean, there's one executive from Microsoft that seems incredibly confident in the value of Game Pass, saying that Starfield marks the start of a relay race of first-party titles. It's quite a big statement for them to make. Now, look, Starfield looks great, but if you want to play it, Get the game pass, okay? It's like twelve dollars or something like that, or ten dollars. I don't know what the your uh what the the dollar is, I know what the RAND value is, right? And even I've got just codes until like February. So in essence, I'm paying for free. But if 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 you don't like the game, it's no loss, right? Um it's not like there's hundreds of other games on the Xbox Game Pass or even more coming out, like Payday Three, Lies of P, as well as Party Animals. I think pretty much what we're getting to is that the dollar thing has gone past. If you're trying to be a sneaky sneaky and be like, ah, I'm going to play Starfield for $1, probably not anymore. Sorry, you're going to have to pay the normal price, but it's it's worth. I hope we don't have to report on this again. I hope by this stage everybody's got Game Pass so we can be like, hey, did you just see this on Xbox Game Pass instead of saying, guys, it's such a bang over thing. Just get it.
1: I will say, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Everybody keeps talking about Starfield. But like you said, there's also Payday 3 coming out soon. Lies of P, mm-hmm. P is next month. There's some big games coming out soon. And to allow people access to all of that for $1, I mean, it would be great for the people, but for them, maybe it's not quite as feasible. Mm-hmm. This this offer crops up every now and then. And you know what? Maybe in a few months when those games aren't brand new, hot off the presses, you know, maybe like early 2024, they might bring it back again. But do you really want to yeah. wait that long? Do you? Just get the Game Pass. It's worth it. And
0: yeah, then you can play The, the Legend pass. of
1: Sword and Fairy and get ready for more Chinese Mythos. <laughs> <you
0: know? laughs> exactly. If if you if you don't have the Game Pass yet, go and have a look at all the games that are available on there. Even if you play Riot Games or you're looking at getting into Riot Games or, uh, you know, where your Game Pass, you can unlock all, like, the heroes and the, the agents and the, the the things and stuff, right? There's so many added benefits to it and if you happen to have an xbox console if you have like the ultimate game pass or whatever it's also tied into your xbox so it's like two for one you can play your games on your pc and be like ah i'm tired go kick it down on the couch or whatever the case is maybe where there's an air con in the house if it's summer or where the heaters are during winter or whatever it's just it's 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 such a good deal you should really consider getting it especially with starfield because dropping 70 dollars on a game uh, especially when it doesn't, which when it isn't as great, <coughs> Diablo, um, it's uh, <laughs> it, it it doesn't feel good. So here's a nice try it out. And maybe Game Pass is not for you, which is fine, right? But at least then you can see if Starfield or any of these other games are for you, and then use it to uh, purchase it because you do get a discount whilst you have Game Pass as well on the other uh, Microsoft store. So, ladies and gents, have a look at it.
1: So, in the next game that we're going to talk about. This, this was the tagline, or like the, the title of the article that I found, and I thought it was amazing. Anime girls can web swing like Spider-Man <laughs> in Project Mugen. This is another game that was shown uh, quite a bit at Gamescom over uh, last weekend, and it looked really cool for us anime lovers. It is an urban, open-world RPG combining cyberpunk aesthetics with gameplay and gacha elements, Uh, in games like Genshin Impact, which is now open for pre-registration. The game seemingly takes place in a near-future sci-fi city that attracts supernatural invaders, because of course it does. A leak on Billy Billy showed combat footage on the roof of a building as the characters swing and shoot at a group of enemies and you can utilize the ability to swap between characters to create powerful combos and work up to your ultimate attack. I was saying that, uh, sorry, at time of writing, I was saying we're waiting to hear if the game will also include gacha elements, but it will. We do have confirmation of that. Uh, and it, it's... Yeah, very similar to kind of your Genshin Impact or your Honkai Star Rail, but we are still waiting to hear if there will be co-op. The thing that worries me, and I've kind of alluded to this now, so far it seems like a carbon copy of Genshin Impact, except with an urban setting rather than a beautiful outdoor setting. Think like GTA versus Breath of the Wild, right? Urban versus nature. There's no release date or beta announcement yet, so hopefully it's not quite as dire as that, and announcements in the future will highlight some important differences. Maybe, hopefully. But for now, it doesn't really feel like there's a reason to play this over other games currently dominating the market.
0: I'm not the target audience for a game like this at all genshin impact not for me by the way if i've heard that there's like codes and things from discord nitros and the xbox game passes things or whatever it is if you if i happen to have those and you're a genshin player and you want the stuff just like let me know i'll give you the things if i've got them but you know what i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i think that an urban setting is a little bit better have you played spider-man Spider-Man is so much fun, irrespective of it being in a a city setting. I wouldn't want to play that whether it was in a forest or whatever the case is. But like, I've I've got no issue with it being. Can you imagine like
1: that. trying to be Spider-Man in an open field? What what are you swinging on? It just, it just doesn't work, bro. That's, like, why, that's why. That's that's why I did say forest.
0: And that's why I did say forest. Right. So like. I'm. I think I'm perfectly okay with it. It doesn't need to be an open, vast, beautiful landscape like uh, like Breath of the Wild, for example. There's no, there's beauty within cities as well. Tall skyscrapers within the other, the hustle and bustle. Nighttime. It does. Will this game have a nighttime city where it'll be dark and you'll just see the city lights and things that you can sit up on top of like the highest building and just look out. You know things like that. I I'd be a hundred percent down for for it. So I don't think the, the setting. Is it too much like Genshin Impact? I mean, it, I'm not a Genshin Impact. I know exactly the kind of person that I will chat to about whether or not this <laughs> game is good. And maybe one day we'll get his opinion and just do a, a very edited, recorded version for the podcast because if we had to get him here, your podcast wouldn't be between 30 and 40 minutes. His segment alone would be 30 to 40 minutes and there would <laughs> be not lucky. much <laughs> if we're lucky. And that's if we tell him, listen, you've got mm-hmm. 10 minutes. He'll give us 30 to 40. So, look it—it it sounds like a cool concept, right? Uh, anime girls, I'm—I'm down for it. I'm a—I'm a weeaboo, you know. Let, let's let's go. Uh, Spider Man, I really dig uh, city setting. I—I um, uh, dig it. Um, I just hope it doesn't come with 32 gig updates for phones. If it does end up on con- on on phones at all.
1: Yeesh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty freaking rough. I my heart <laughs> went out to the the Genshin <laughs> mobile players on that one.
0: Oh yeah, Yeesh. but uh, yeah. We'll keep everybody uh, up to date with uh, Project Mugen and its news. Like, it's, it sounds pretty cool. Hopefully it's a really good game as well. I think we are in dire need of some really good games. And lo- you know, the last few releases have shown like uh, you know, there are actually some good games out there.
1: So moving on to my soon-to-be successes. Um, if you're a fan of Gloomhaven and you're looking for a new similar fix, then Midhala might be the game you're looking for. Live on Kickstarter now, with only two weeks left in this campaign, the Dungeon Crawler board game looks like it might just be the best since Gloomhaven. A lot of uh, reviewers have come out saying, haven't played a game this good or a Dungeon Crawler this good since Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven came out 10 odd years ago, so it was about time that we, uh, we got a competitor for it. If you're unfamiliar with Gloomhaven and Midhollow by Proxy, then think D&D, but without the randomness. It is a board game, so you've got your miniatures and stuff, but you know, it's not it's not that pen and paper. Um, but it's very similar in terms of how combat and stuff works. So Midhala explores Viking lore through an ever-evolving campaign system with no reliance on luck. It's just skill. It advertises itself as a unique co-op and solo dungeon crawler with tower defense elements. Uh, you utilize deep strategy in the story-driven campaign, taking approximately 30-plus hours to complete, but it's done in sessions. And each session is like X amount of time. And then, again, like a DD and d campaign, you'll have your session of however long, and it leads up to a 30-plus hour campaign, 30-plus uh, hours to complete. Follow the story of Harkon, a newly trained Viking warrior, as he faces invading demon hordes. Invest resources to build traps between combat phases to prepare for the incoming wave of enemies. And of course, this is where the, the tower defense comes into play. There's also a story-based exploration system that allows players to follow Hakon's journey and unlock additional lore as well as new gameplay elements as they progress. Best of all, the campaign and all scenarios are fully replayable with different classes, skills, events, and varying enemy setups. The game seems really easy to pick up, but I'd say it would be better to have two to three friends who are going to stick with you through all 30 plus hours, which might make it difficult to finish. Every D&D player knows the struggle of a schedule. That, that's the ultimate BBEG, <laughs> trying to get your schedules to align.
0: That being oh, said, yeah. if you
1: have the friends and you have the time, this looks like a lot of fun to scratch that strategy itch, but still have a board game night all at the same time.
0: I like board games. I miss being able to play board games with people all the time and I'm talking about I've, I've got a cupboard that's just about close to full of board games I mean do I own two copies of Betrayal at House on the Hill just happens to be one is Betrayal at House on the Hill and the other one is Betrayal at Boulders Gates? yes I do do I happen to own Monopoly and things yes I do have I looked at purchasing the Game of Thrones table board game yes I have but it's exceptionally expensive. I I like old school there's some editing out for me. I like old school <laughs> flickin board flackin'. games. flicking flicking fracking uh board games, right? If it's strategy involved, I'm I'm also down with it. 30 plus hours is is really cool. My only downside to something like this that I foresee is the fact that you would have to find the right group of friends every single time to play this game to in order for you to finish it. Right? And I think that is probably the biggest challenge that it might have. It sounds really cool. There's Viking lore. Uh, you know, the, the, the Vikings and all of that is, is great. Demon hordes. Who, who doesn't mind slaying down demon hordes, right? Everybody does. Everybody likes hacking and slashing things down like that, right? I, I think the biggest problem that this game is probably going to foresee, just from reading this here, is purely finding the right group of friends to play this constantly mm.
1: i mean that being said right Gloomhaven is incredibly popular but it is it's difficult i will say like talking about board games so i i used to have a group of friends that i used to play board games with quite often when i was still in university and then everybody kind of goes their separate ways and since i've moved into my new place which is right next door to my brother we have board games night like once every week every two weeks So we sit and we play like um Discworld which is a really strategic mm-hmm. game based on Terry Pratchett's world. So yeah, mm-hmm. like board games nights are a lot of fun. And the thing is like you can play D&D online, like you and I are in a couple campaigns together and, mm-hmm. and it's fun, but being in the same room with someone and being able to actually physically touch all of the pieces and move them around the mm-hmm. board and stuff like there's there's nothing quite like that. The snacks all around the table, the empty coffee cups and the, the cleanup after like, it's just something so, so special
0: you sound like a boomer just so you know
1: <laughs> but You're to be not fair wrong
0: to be fair that sounds a lot uh, like very appealing to me as well i will be i'll be a boomer with you on this and I, you know i would love to have that is it being able to play online you know D D or games with your friends nice of course but if you grew up being exposed to You know, taking your PC with you to go and play lands, you know, in a dingy garage or whatever the case is, you know, maybe like something like this won't appeal. But man, board games, thirty plus hours, you know, Viking lore, tower defense kind of thing. This is a lot of like really cool things that they've thrown into one. And Midhala sounds really, 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 really cool. So it's on Kickstarter. If uh, people want to go and back it, it looks looks really cool. I just need to find a couple of friends that are going to ha- be able to play this game 30 plus hours with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, a few friends and 87 euros.
0: <laughs> Look, the 87 euros, you know, you don't need both kidneys, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. And that, I mean, and that'll, that'll cover your shipping as well. So, you know, that's a good deal good
0: deal about just cover the shipping uh shipping at the moment (laughs) is really expensive so i mean i don't need both kidneys right i could do with one
1: (laughs) anyway moving along Uh, (laughs) so as we mentioned a few times gamescom was last week it was an amazing event if you watched uh, the videos if you were watching the studio days if you were there in person i'm so jealous Uh, But it was really dope. We did give a bit of a wrap of the opening night live and day one. So if you did miss that out, uh, you can go check our episode from last week. Now we have our highlights from day two and the rest of the event. And of course, these are just the highlights. There was so much more that was announced. So if you have missed out on anything, I really suggest going to check it out. Some of those trailers were absolutely incredible. Uh, Wukong, of course, one of my favorite ones announced there. So yeah, go have a look. Uh, So, kicking things off, Survival Horror, FPS, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl will be hitting shelves in Q1 of 2024.
0: Really, really dope for that. Uh, New MMO Wayfinder is now in early access, combining elements of Destiny 2 and League of Legends. If you have an MMO itch that you need to scratch and you're tired of your love-hate relationship with Water Warcraft, then maybe this is just for you.
1: (laughs) I I love that it's Destiny 2 and League of Legends. What What a crazy brainchild. Um, we've had more information on Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. This is a survival crafting game, which follows the adventures of a group of dwarves as they try to retake their homeland of Moria. Reminder that this game will release on 24 October on PS and PC with the Xbox version arriving in Q2 of 2024. Suck it, Xbox.
0: No, no, no love for them, clearly. Robocop Rogue City is an FPS which puts you in the shoes of Robocop as he breaches his way through enemies, making you feel like an absolute badass super cop, while you're also delving into the human side of Robocop for a compelling storyline. The The trailer and 16 minutes of gameplay were shown at GamesCon, so definitely go check it out. game is scheduled for an early November release. I mean, it's Robocop, right?
1: <laughs> How do you say no to that? For those of you that enjoy Diablo uh, and, of course, Path of Exile, great news. Path of Exile 2 showcased some gameplay for their Druid, Huntress, and Warrior classes. Uh, the closed beta for this is going to release on 7 June 2024. So that's something really to look forward to.
0: A nice little thing. I saw the animation for a Druid rolling around, and it looks so, so good. <laughs> it really does. If Dead by Daylight is your jam, then this next game might be right up your alley. Killer Clowns is a 3v7 multiplayer horror game based on the 1988 sci-fi. You can either play as one of the three killer clowns using unwieldy abilities to hunt humans and harvest the population, or you can play as one of the seven citizens to fight back. This sounds absurd, but it's also pretty awesome. Release is planned for 2023.
1: Killer Clowns. That's not going to trigger phobias.
0: (laughs) Not at all.
1: <laughs> the, suffi- uh, the survival horror genre is booming, and the latest competitor is Death Ground, which has all your favorite survival game features, but also dinosaurs. <laughs> the game will be a Steam exclusive once it does release.
0: Dinosaurs? Godzilla Games throws their hat into the ring of battle royales, but with a twist. In Off the Grid, you battle among 150 players in a corporate war on a dystopian tropical island. It also has a 60-hour narrative campaign, which makes it a standout in its field.
1: I've seen a battle royale with a, with a story campaign. Or am I just dumb?
0: I mean, people might argue Fortnite, but I'm going to say no.
1: Sorry, Fortnite has a story campaign?
0: The, the ending of seasons to the next one. Apparently there's some story, but I oh, don't please. believe them. I don't believe them.
1: Uh, if you're a fan of miHoYo games like Genshin Impact or Honkai Star Rail, or if you're you know Project Mugen, whatever, uh, then get ready for the latest miHoYo game, Zenless Zone Zero. This ARPG had a 21-minute gameplay showcase at Gamescom, which you can find on YouTube, and has already made waves with fans for its fast-paced combat and comic book-like storytelling elements. The game will be free to play on Android, iOS, and PC.
0: Really, really cool. ghost runner is getting a sequel now with a flashy motorcycle a new block and parry system and an ai cult that you will need to face and take down it's super fast-paced super arcadey and it looks super fun release is set for the 26th of october around the corner really
1: yeah i mean we said it right such a packed month for gaming in october and finally for our highlights From Gamescom, Thrive Heavy Lies the Crown showed a trailer and it gives major black and white vibes for anyone old enough to remember that. But instead of a god, you're just a kingdom ruler. However, the choice between benevolence and violence remains. You can be a kind ruler or a cruel tyrant, but the end goal remains the same. Grow your kingdom to greatness. A medieval city builder, which looks like a lot of fun for those who enjoy the genre.
0: Black and white is a real throwback and what a great game it was. It was so good.
1: So that wraps up our Gamescom wrap. And uh, before we head into our news nobody cares about, I just want to remind everyone this is not actually a segment but this is something that I really wanted to just uh, mention. Yesterday, the Valorant South Africa servers went live. That is super exciting. It's super cool. If you haven't played on the local servers yet, go and do it. It, it is, it's such a change of pace. We've already had some big announcements from ACGL who are partnering with Carry First, the uh, company that are bringing the service to South Africa. There's going to be a whole lot of esports stuff coming out as well. So guys, if you haven't gotten involved yet, go check it out.
0: Local Valorant service. I can't wait for all the toxicity of CSGO to find its way into Valorant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bro, League of Legends, another riot game, is known as one of the saltiest games on the planet. We're just going to like ride that wave.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. This is definitely going to be the case. And in this week's news that nobody cares about, if you ever had the thought of, I wonder what's faster, a pigeon or gigabit fiber, you're not alone in this, right? Tech YouTuber Jeff uh, Gierlund Geeling, Girling, Geerling, however you want to pronounce it, depending on where you are in the world, right? Has done an experiment uh, um, by sending a pigeon with three terabytes of data on it to see if it could arrive earlier than an ISP could transfer the same uh, over the gigabit fiber. Uh, I'm going to spoil this for you though. You can go watch the YouTube channel and the other video if you want to go and see all the details that went into it. But uh, the pigeon one, Right? Yeah, the Pigeon won. Where Gigabit Fiber does win, though, is that if the distance the data has to travel is over 600 miles or 965 kilometers for us non-freedom units using folk. I think that Pigeon transfer could be a faster way for us to connect to the eu and other regions with what's happening with the wax cable that uh is currently (laughs) a little bit broken but this is so wild i read the story and it is (laughs) it's amazing
1: The, the bird flew for a mile and it only took about a minute to reach its destination yep a mile
0: yeah come on (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, they obviously extrapolated it out because we're not going to get a pigeon that's going to be able to fly a full 600. So there are limitations to this, right? But I mean, even oh, okay. over a so mile... so just
1: thumb-sucked it, essentially, is what we're saying here. Well,
0: I mean, no, it's extrapolated out. And that time mm-hmm. that it took included the transferring of the data onto the drives, right? Attaching them to the bird and then sending the bird out and then copying the data again. So, I mean, there was a lot that took place within it, Right. Uh, I know that apparently the uh, Jeff also did another part of the experiment where he went on a plane, which was not as fast <laughs> as the pigeon mask. either. <laughs> the pigeon mask and everything, which was which was brilliant. But uh, if you want to go and read more about this and go and watch the video, uh, the article is over on Tom's Hardware. Uh, you will have such a good chuckle. It was really interesting, and I was like, hey, I know some people that are not going to give a shit about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: I feel like the the data pool is significantly skewed there, but it is, you know, yeah, it's fun. So why not? Because I think it was South Africa that that famously did the the very first pigeon versus ISP yeah. test many many years ago. So kind of cool to see it uh, redone over, now in modern times.
0: Yeah, over Telcom ADSL. Man, what a time that must have what been, a right? ADSL. I mean we talk so we could go even further back But that's going to start revealing my age Because I remember the, the sound. I
1: need to use the phone
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that noise. A lot Skrillex? of people will not... People will be like is that Skrillex And like no Oh you sweet summer child no
1: <laughs> I feel like if somebody but... From the past somehow found their way Into the future and heard Skrillex They'd be like who's sending a fax
0: yeah, exactly. Like you still using dial-up, you know. But yeah, it's it was really it was a really fun article to read. I haven't watched the video myself yet, but I looked over the uh, some of the highlights. It's it's definitely something that I'll probably end up watching before going to bed because I'd really want to see how this whole entire experiment panned out. So yeah, if you are like me, want to know what is faster, a pigeon or gigabit fiber? Pigeon currently wins. <laughs> Well, that about rounds up on news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for everybody for tuning in and listening to episode 20. Uh, you can find us on X at YWIG podcast and by email at yourweekinggamingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Andrew, and you can find me on social medias at MyNameIsPengu. Just for you, Sam. Just for you. One time.
1: I'm Samantha, and you can find me on social media at Nari Mizuki. Also a reminder that we are not just the podcast is not just on Twitter. We're also on TikTok and YouTube now. So we're, we, we're going to need to edit that final line and say, you can find us on social media at YWIG podcast.
0: Oh yes, this is true. You know what? Somebody that actually like has a look and access to those accounts, you would think that I would actually have seen this <laughs> and everything. And somebody that's interacted with it that I would have seen these and I would have decided to edit everything, but clearly I haven't, but yeah, uh, YouTube, the the TikTok, you'll be able to find little snippets and things uh, that Samantha goes and throws up on there for everybody who has a nice little teasers And uh, maybe in the future you'll see the entirety of whatever this is mashed together as an unedited piece on YouTube, which will be an absolute terror. Mm. But a lot of fun. Keep our
1: PG rating.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I think we'll definitely need to market that it's not. We can do a lot of after editing which is fantastic. I oh. think <laughs> this episode will be out on Friday the eighth of September 2023 at 7 a.m. GMT plus 2 and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you next week everyone. Bye.
1: Goodbye.